Welcome to the John Nuzzo Leadership Podcast. Hey, welcome to this month's podcast. Actually, it's a two-part podcast. I want to talk to you about, uh, gosh, one of the greatest books I think I've ever read as a leader. And uh, the book is called Hero Maker. It's the five essential practices for leaders to multiply leaders. It's by Dave Ferguson and Warren Bird. And uh, wow, what an incredible book. Um, many of you may know Jim Graff, who's the founder of the Significant Church Network. Jim's the one who gave us the book and handed it to me, and he made a statement about it that I, that I cannot agree with more. He said, John, more than any other book, this is the book I wish I had read 25 years ago. And after reading it, I thought, wow, if I, 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 I'd give anything to have had read this book 25 years ago. And I want to just take you through it. Uh, the book is Hero Makers. And it's, I'm going to break it into two podcasts because, I, I gosh, I, you could talk about this for six months, but I, and I'm not going to do the book justice, but I cannot encourage you enough, whether you're a young leader, uh, not so young leader, or an old leader, read this book. It will, it will absolutely revolutionize the way you approach your ministry in a way that is so incredibly godly and Christ-like that uh, I wish I had a way to exaggerate it, but I don't. So let's get right into this. There are five practices that he talks about of a hero maker. And let me just kind of go through them with you in these two podcasts and, uh, and help you perhaps to consider the way you think about ministry and practice ministry and kind of lay it alongside this and see what you think. The first one is this. He talks about becoming a multiplication thinking, thinker or multiplication thinking. And he, he says this, hero making is when you change the way you see the word hero. You know, when we were all kids, men and women alike, you, you, you always had kind of daydreams, unless you grew up in an abusive environment, you, you would have daydreams where you were the hero. You were the guy that hit the home run or did whatever in the, the, the seventh inning of the, or the ninth inning of the seventh game of the World Series, whatever. And you were the one always wearing the cape in your dream. But hero making is when you change the dream from wearing the cape to tying that cape on a leader, ideally one that grew under your own leadership. I, 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 when that concept of instead of living your life to be the hero, live your life to be a hero maker, to tie the cape on someone else. And, and I can tell you, it's been, there has to be a defining moment in your life when you, when you grow to the point to where you desire to move past being a hero or the hero to becoming a hero maker. And one of the things he talks about with multiplication thinking is this. Write out your dream on a napkin and then multiply it by a thousand. And so let me kind of bring this into the context where I'm at. I'm 58 years old, pastoring Victory for 25 years as the founding pastor. It's been an amazing journey. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. A lot of downs I didn't see coming, a lot of ups, I don't know why they happen. It's just been a journey. But I knew early on that God had put it in our heart to impact the Northeast and to see a move of God that would occur somehow through our, our, our efforts and our involvement in the Northeast. And so I began to begin to act on that maybe five or six years ago and in working to help revitalize churches and, and help pastors and and I've given a lot of my time for that, and and yet I haven't really seen the fruit of that as I had hoped it would, and and you, yet you have this dream in your heart 
to touch the Northeast. And I think, Lord, I, I just don't see how that's ever going to happen. But you just keep plugging along, doing what you know to do. It was about a year and a half ago, maybe longer, a couple years ago, the word multiplication just was so impressed on my heart by the Holy Spirit. And I began to think in terms of a multiplier. And it was that open door that I believe brought me resources like Hero Maker and a lot of other opportunities and relationships. But all of these relationships and all of these opportunities are about empowering other people to win. And I don't mean empowering the the win within the context of my church, but empowering them to win outside the context of the church I pastor. So when I began to see the Northeast, for example, we want to revitalize churches, churches that are struggling or just maybe need some help getting through some barriers or churches perhaps that have even uh, almost died and they need to be fully revitalized. And then on top of that, God really put it in our heart to plant churches in the Northeast. And I began to pray about a number, a goal, something to reach toward. And the the number 120 kept coming in my heart. And, you know, planting one church is, is a pretty remarkable thing. But 120 in the Northeast, I knew I was saying something out of my heart that God was in, but I had no idea how it could ever come to pass. And so when I began to read, when I read Hero Maker, it kind of was cinching a lot of un, 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 undone things in my thinking and things that had grown so deeply in my heart. So I did that. I multiplied the 120 by 100. And I said, Lord, is there a way? that I can be a part of planting 12,000 churches in the Northeast? How can I then attract and train and release apostolic leadership? And I don't mean to use the word apostolic where that may be a weird word depending on how you process it, but it's a Bible word, meaning people that have a, a call to go do something for God, that God births something in their heart. And so in our case, we, we had foregone doing campuses as a church, and here's the reason why. We had helped, and we've interacted, I should say. I don't know how many we've helped. I've done my best to help them, but we've interacted with probably about 90 churches in our region. And very often the pastor will bring his team here, his staff, if he has a staff, many of their lead volunteers, many of their volunteers in general. And knowing that they were bringing their team here made me realize for me to do a campus— a Victory Family Church campus, anywhere near their town would have been unethical to me. How can I go somewhere where a pastor has exposed his his church and his team to our church, and then I'm going to go into that community and do a campus? It would harm that church, and it would be the opposite of what I was trying to accomplish. And I was challenged by a couple uh, pastors here in our region that have been uh, incredibly effective and influential in the Pittsburgh region, uh, Pastor Jeff Leake of Allison Park Church and Pastor Lee Kreitzer of Amplify Church. And they really challenged me about it. And they said, John, you know, why aren't you doing campuses? And I said, well, the ethical thing. And they said, well, there are any communities in which, you know, you haven't been effective or impactful in revitalizing or helping a church. I said, man, they're everywhere. He said, well, have you considered any of those communities? And I really hadn't. And that's how assumption can paralyze us sometimes. But my heart was right. I just didn't want to do anything unethical. And it resulted in us seeking God. And we're going to launch here shortly uh, in the beginning part of 2020, our first campus in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. Now, in launching campuses, in planting churches, 
in revitalizing churches. Those are three of the things that I believe as this church, Victory Family Church, along with doing the work that God's called us to do here in our one location. That's one of the, the heartbeats of our church. How do we build God's kingdom beyond our walls? And the first way you do that is you have to think in terms of multiplication, changing the cape from your back to someone else's. And I don't mean that in an egotistical way, but, but truly desiring and finding greater gratification in the development and releasing of a leader and they meeting and fulfilling the mission and vision of their life than your own. And the second practice was this. He talked about being a permission giver, permission giving. So practice one, multiplication thinking. Practice two, permission giving, permission giving. It's a shift from seeing what God can do through my leadership to seeing what God can do through other leaders. Great leaders can see into the soul of a person and actually begin to speak to them and say, I see what you could be. And my role is to bring that out of you. Permission giving isn't just giving people to do permission, giving them permission to do ministry within the context of the vision of our church, within the four walls of our church. All of our churches have incredible needs. We all know that. We all have massive things that we're, that we're called to do. And, and we seem to never have enough money or people to do it. With that reality, it's very easy to never think it's time. When, when can I start to release people? Well, well, after this, and then after that, and then after this, it's kind of like the farmer saying, hey, once I get a harvest, I'm going to get some seeds out of that harvest and plant one. And I'll plant my garden. You don't plant after harvest. You plant to get a harvest. I know these sound so simple, but my hope in this podcast is first to inspire you to read the book, but secondly, to maybe challenge some of the assumptions you've made that I've made as well. Back to Jim Graff's statement, John, more than any other book, I wish I'd read this book 25 years ago. Let me tell you why I feel that same way. I've done everything I've known to do to be fruitful and, and to fulfill in obedience the call of God upon my life. And in doing so, it was to build Victory Family Church and building the people within it. But when I began to see outside of our walls in a greater way, and there are so many people that Gosh, they, they've done this for their whole ministry. I think of someone like Pastor Jeff Leake, who has been a kingdom builder in a way that inspires me, uh, of Allison Park Church here in the, in the Pittsburgh area. Just an incredible church builder and church planter. Uh, Pastor Larry Betancourt, who was on staff here for years, who pastors Champion Life Church in Chippewa, Pennsylvania. Pastor Larry doesn't necessarily plant churches right now, but there are so many young leaders that, he's, that he became a hero maker. And I, the older I get, the more I look at those decisions that Larry made and that Jeff made. And I think, oh, Lord, if I just would have had an insight to this a little bit sooner. Well, look, I'm 58 and I'm not dead. So I, I'm, I, it's okay to make adjustments in your life. It's not okay to beat yourself up. But it, it, it does require honesty. It does require being able to say, you know what? I, I'm going to give intentional permission to people to live beyond my life. I, I want to say to them, I, 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 I see something that you can be. I want to I tap in and inspire the dream that God has put in their heart. One of the concepts in the book is 
I-C-N-U, those four letters, I-C-N-U, conversations. I see in you conversations. And here's what he means by that. You start the sentence with, hey, listen, I see in you. And then you begin to talk about the things that you see in them that they may not see in themselves or the things that may be lying dormant in them that you believe need to be tapped into. And, and you begin to speak to the potential of people and, and to learn to make a habit with those that you converse with and those with whom you interact and those that you lead to begin to speak to them about what you see in them. And I have to tell you, and I, I believe I've done that in some measure my, my whole ministry, but boy, I'll tell you what, being intentional about that, that every time I talk to a leader, every time I talk to somebody, whether they apparently have already developed the leadership gifts in their life or they just have the potential. When you begin to look into somebody's eyes and say, I see this in you, I know there's, and I don't mean being superficial and lying to somebody and telling them things you don't believe to be true. That's, that's, that's flattery. That's not in the Bible. But there, I'm with young leaders and I see so much in them. I see some of the young leaders emerging in our church and I, and I, and I, I, I want to constantly have the I see in you conversations with them. And you know what it's brought me to is to recognize that every time I have that conversation with a leader, particularly those that are in their 20s and 30s, it also requires this sentence. It may not be here. It may be somewhere else. And I want you to know that's okay with me. If it's somewhere else, I want you to know I want what God has put in you to thrive, to build the kingdom of God. You'll have my support. You'll have my backing. And I will do anything I can to help you to get to where God called you to be. Now, saying I see in you doesn't mean you're responsible to fund it. Doesn't mean you're responsible to do it. But what we are responsible for is to empower people to the full grace in their life. You know, a while back, and I shared this in a, a podcast a while back, but it sure bears repetition. I was reading where Samuel and Eli were in the temple, and God spoke to Eli, I'm sorry, to Samuel three times, and Samuel was so unaccustomed to the, word, to the voice of God. In fact, the Bible said the word of the Lord was rare in that day. He didn't even know what it was. He thought it was Eli. Three times he goes to Eli, and Eli says, go back to sleep. It wasn't me. Finally, Eli realizes, wait a minute, the Lord might be speaking to him. And he said, hey, the next time that voice speaks, say, hey, I'm your servant. I'm listening. I'm hearing. And that's what a nice you conversation is. What is God saying to you? I want to empower you to hear it. I want to empower you to listen to it. And desperately, I want to empower you to act upon it. And the Holy Spirit spoke something to my heart. You see, Samuel was maybe 14, 15 years old. He was a servant attending to Eli. Now, Eli was a very old man, and the Holy Spirit spoke something to me. He said, John, I am not going to give you the vision for the next generation. Like, like with Samuel and Eli, I will not speak to you about their generation. I will speak to them, but I will hold you accountable to help them, to help prepare them to hear my voice and obey my voice. And I realized I was, I was, I was making a very intentional shift in my life that I was going to be giving my life to empower other people to fulfill the dream that God put in their heart. And that means a kingdom dream, a dream that would expand God's, God's mission and kingdom in the earth. Jesus himself obviously was a 
permission-giving leader. Remember in Mark 6, he said, you feed them. In Matthew 17, you go cast out devils. In Luke 10, you go out and share the gospel. Jesus was such a, a, a permission giver. He was the ultimate delegator, if you will. He gave a commission and left the planet. The dude left the planet and left them with a commission. And you think about the trust that he had in the work of God, in the lives of his, of his disciples, in the lives of the apostles. See, here's the, here's the challenge, though. The younger you are, I don't care whether you're older, here's going to be your challenge to be a hero maker. Permission giving will be challenged by letting go of the people you think you need at your operation, at your church, at your ministry, and being willing to release them to go out and to multiply the kingdom. Can I tell you that we have to be ready to release, listen to me, the best that God has given us releasing them not to something we think they should do, but to the will and the purpose of God in their life. I go back to when I was in my late 20s and early 30s, when Victory launched in my early 30s, and I realized God spoke to Michelle and I, and my goodness, why would he ever pick two people like us? Why would he ever ask people as unqualified as we were and felt? But the vision and purpose of God is, is poured upon human vessels that are bathed in weakness. It's when you acknowledge that weakness, but you don't govern it, your life by that weakness, and you yield to the grace of God and say, I will not lift above my God my weaknesses, my failings, my inadequacies, but I will magnify your grace. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I'll magnify my inability that the power of Christ might rest upon me. You know, the, the larger something gets and the, the more that you do, the more resources you need. And I don't just mean financial, human capital. I mean, you need people. You need gifted people. And the more and more I do this, the more and more I realize the most gifted people around me, as I look into their souls, I ask this question, Lord, do they belong here with me? And I can tell you more times than not, I know that's, that answer permanently is no, that for so many of them, and many of them have no idea when it will happen, nor do I, and they may even be unprepared for it, but God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, is going to tap them on the shoulder and pour out his grace and give them a mission. We are never qualified when we are given the mission. And by the way, you never feel qualified. If you do, that's pride. But the older you get, the, the, the easier it is to look at younger people and pick them apart. Can I encourage you, whether you're younger, whether you're older, believe the best about people. People can be torn down by life and by the devil and by uncaring people. Let's not add to that. Let's, surely, we, surely we want to be truthful with people and help them win the battles they need to win. But gosh, let's believe in people. See the potential in them. And you've got to be willing to release them. Over the 25-year history of Victory, we've had three people leave our staff to go plant churches directly from our staff. And all three of them, we were in, in, incredibly supportive in the sense that we encouraged our people publicly. I say our people, we own no one. Uh, that if God's leading you to go help them, go. Go help them. Be led by God. Go serve that mission and that ministry. 
And every time, it, the first time was, gosh, we were back in our old, old building years and years ago. We were maybe running 800 people. And uh, Stephen Mamie Ogle started a church in Butler, and, and I believe 70 or 80 people left and went with him. And, and I remember we were in a building program, but I remember in my heart being so thrilled to be able to, to facilitate the expansion of the kingdom of God. Then Pastor Larry and Kim Betancourt, and Larry and Kim are like family to us, and uh, I, I don't know that I, I just love and admire anybody much more than Larry Betancourt on the earth, but uh, boy, when he was called, and we did the same thing, and uh, 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 I forget how many people went with the Betancourts, but a, a good handful of people went with them, and and then recently, uh, uh, an amazing young couple that uh, uh, that that were on staff here for 10 years, Zach and Lauren Blair, went over to Robinson Township, and 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 I saw a, a good group of people, great leaders, go with them. And what they've done for God, when I see the, what these three churches are doing and, uh, and the different ways that they're called and the manners with the, which they're gifted, it is so thrilling to me to have had any part, any part at all, in the facilitation of those dreams and vision. And so I want to encourage you today to, to, to be a hero maker. In a moment, I want to pray for you as we close this, this month's podcast. And my prayer is very simple, that you'll take a next step. Go get the book, Hero Maker. Download it on your phone. Read the book. I have a massive amount of notes that I've taken. There's so much in this. It can change everything for you. And the younger you are, the more critical it is that you get a hold of this. And the older you are, well, I'll tell you what, it'll, it'll refire your life. But next, next month in the podcast, I'm going to take you through three more practices, the final of the five, and, the, and it's disciple multiplication, gift activation, and kingdom building. And when you put these all together, along with the other amazing truths in this book, it's going to help you so much. But let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every man and woman listening to this podcast. There is a grace and a calling on their life. Holy Spirit, I pray that you surround them with hero makers, but as importantly or more importantly, that they themselves would commit to be a hero maker. Lord, that your kingdom would come and expand on the earth, that these ministries that we've been entrusted, these young men and women that have been entrusted to our care, that we have an open hand, that we don't hold them tightly, that we release them to your purpose so that you can do the dream that you have for them and the, to build the kingdom of our God in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, I'll see you next month. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Your reviews expand our reach. So if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please take time to rate and review us. We look forward to having you with us on the next episode of the John Muzo Leadership Podcast.